Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Idle Chatter. And if you're new to the show, I want to thank you for joining us and checking me out today. And you're wondering if uh, who I am? Well, I am Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer. So, uh, from Hackettstown, New Jersey. And I think I'm going to stop this for a second because I could hear the fan going. I get in my headset, so I'm going to stop this. Hopefully, I didn't mess that up too badly. But uh, if, as you all know, I record in the farmhouse, actually in the basement of the farmhouse is where my office is, and it was, it's quite humid and muggy, so I had a fan going to keep some air moving around here, and it was making noise, and I was hearing it in my headset, so that means if I hear it in my headset, that you're going to hear it. So I wanted to stop this recording and then shut it off, so... Uh, and that is so i ask you to forgive me for that but hopefully everything is going well for you in your life and in your operation and by the when this show drops i will god willing be in uh pontiac illinois at the pti test farm they're having an event there that i was invited to and i'm very interested in going out there and seeing it it is in uh pontiac illinois well i think it's the outskirts of pontiac but it's considered Pontiac, Illinois, and uh, I'm looking forward to a nice drive out there, God willing, and haven't been on a, the road of any consequence since I went to the uh, Farm Machinery Show in Kentucky. I may have gone someplace else since then, but uh, this is going to be like a little bit of a uh, monkey business trip, right? a little bit of business and a little bit of monkey and it's a really very very little monkey other than just driving out there but i take all secondary roads and uh so i'm looking forward to that and just uh seeing some scenery seeing checking out everybody's crops as i drive out to illinois and from the best that i could glean it's probably just under 950 miles one way so it's a pretty good ride and uh get the fiesta warmed up i got the fiesta ready to go and I changed the oil and cleaned the mass airflow sensor and the throttle body and uh, put uh, put some, I'm going to put some Tecron in it on the road so I could really run that and, uh, you know, check, you know, add up my tires and wa- washed it, which it basically needed a, uh, needed a washing very, very, very badly and uh, did a little, did a, a uh, as my father would say bedford avenue job wash job and uh, vacuum and clean the windows and uh, get everything else ready to go check it all out so that is it clean my wiper blades you ever clean your wiper blades you should always clean your wiper blades if you haven't already done it before and you could use a, from what i know and i'm not the expert but i've cleaned wiper blades for 40 something years now and um, you could use uh, rubbing alcohol, isopropanol alcohol on a rag or a paper towel, or you could use some sort of window cleaner. I used to keep in my Escort a, a uh, bottle of uh, isopropanol alcohol in the back and a spray bottle with, for that isopropanol alcohol, and I was to, used to use it to uh, clean my wiper blades. So if I was on the road and the wiper blades were starting to not uh, clean, uh, clear well or they start to chatter or do something i would clean the wiper blades and um, most cars that are rental cars that you pick up at the airport the wiper blades forget about it 
terrible, terrible, terrible because of the uh, the jet fuel. Excuse me, the jet fuel, uh, the exhaust of the jet fuel because the rental cars are historically, the planes are flying over them all day long and the right wiper blades are in bad, bad shape. But if you do get that and you, uh, even if you don't have any alcohol, which you don't expect you have alcohol for the, uh, for a rental car, but if you take some paper towel and dampen it and take the wiper blade and run run the paper towel, grab the edge of the wiper blade and just, just come across with some friction, you'll be surprised what comes off of it. And obviously, so I always do that in between changes of wiper blades. So that is basically it. So God willing, the Fiesta will be gobbling the miles and sipping the gas and get out to that PTI test farm. And if anybody is going to be there by chance, because the event is Wednesday and Thursday, I mean, so maybe I'm, I'm a day late and a dollar short with this podcast is telling you about it, but who knows? Maybe somebody's been listening to it on the way there. I doubt that. But um, anyway, look me up. Uh, just you'll hear that guy with the uh, with the New Jersey accent, right? I think I may have mentioned it in last week's show. I do not recall anymore. And so that is basically that. Let me see what else I want to bring you up to date on. Uh, did the uh, <clears throat> On the Road podcast with Mike Werner. And that should be dropping soon from Caledonia, Minnesota. Um, just a fascinating, I'm going to say fascinating, it's probably not even, a, just, a, just a, a very, very interesting, and I, that's not even the right word to use either, story of Mike's walk and his faith. So when that drops, if you get a chance to listen to it, I would greatly appreciate it. And I know Mike would appreciate it. And I know, and I believe that it will be an inspiration to all of those that listen to it so the next the next person on the hit list on the hit list is uh going to be joel rand in iowa so mike is sending the oh the road headset worked beautifully on mike's podcast so if when it does drop and if you do listen to it and please let me know what your thoughts are he has a uh apple iphone i don't know 13 or 14 i don't keep track of that stuff and uh so it worked beautifully uh, for that, and I'm sure and uh, it'll work beautifully subsequently with everybody. So Joel Rand is next, and I have a number of other people on that hit list, and that I have to try to get on the show and plan with them uh, before we get into corn harvest. And by God's grace, boy, it's funny how well, I say it's funny. It's not funny. It's it's uh, it's life. How things change in an instant. Sometimes they change for the better. Sometimes they change for the worse, and uh, we could always accept in life when things change for the better, but it's a very hard pill to swallow when things change for the worse instantaneously like that, that somebody could get a heart attack and die, get into a car accident, a million things, a million things could happen. You could go to the mailbox and find out that you lost your job or whatever, and it's uh, so, so many things in life happen. But uh, the rain situation here, <clears throat> which was so horrifically dry and um, has changed dramatically, I'm not going to say that the water table is completely recharged. I won't go as far as saying that, but the crops are recharged. So anybody who grows crops knows that the um, this the moisture probably in the first two feet of soil is really what the crops are going to be pulling out of and maybe even a little bit less than that, but we've been getting 
some uh, <clears throat> very, very substantial rains and the uh, and some heat, and the uh, a neighbor might put some pumpkins in, and uh, my God in heaven, they uh, I mean they literally I mean they were growing, growing, growing. We got they literally I'd have to say honestly, if not doubled, almost doubled overnight. Uh, once we got the rain, I, I rode by. Oh my God! You know, did, did I not come here for a couple of days? I said no, I was here yesterday. So, uh, and my for my last three plantings, I only ended up doing six this year because I was timed out. And those uh, those last three plantings of that other seed that I've never planted before, or what is it called, the uh, obsession? I think I said mentioned that a week or two ago. That is coming up beautifully. Each of those three plantings are coming up beautifully. They're coming up picket fence and uh, very, very proud of the way they currently look and just really picket, picket fence. So uh, I love having a picket fence stand of corn, whereas my first three plantings are not picket fence, not picket fence whatsoever. So uh, a lot of dynamics there, and, and uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Not why my first three plantings are in picket fence, but and my last three plantings are, but taking any, and I've discussed this in a different vein before in this podcast, but I think it's something that never grows old, and I will give different examples, uh, both sadly both in the medical community which i am not a doctor obviously but my experience in the medical community and then in the machinery community whether it's automotive or farm machinery and then also in the agricultural community and hopefully that i will be blessed and skilled enough to bring this all together and tie this together with a thread to make some sort of sense to you and so uh Hopefully, I can do that, and it could be the catalyst for you to, um, uh, well, maybe use this approach, this analytical approach. So, without any further ado, I will start to get into that. All right. And obviously, Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com is my email address for you to uh, reach out to me. You don't have to reach out to me only with good stuff. If you don't like something or think I'm wrong, just tell me because this is a collaborative effort between me and you. So uh, never, ever be afraid, or I, I, I don't even think afraid is the proper word. I mean, sometimes eh, I'm not going to say something to that guy. Why should I hurt his feelings? Whatever. Well, hurt my feelings. I'm from New Jersey. All right, so I want to I give the highest level of education. I want to provide the, the best transfer of knowledge and everyone that is listening to this guy talking knows something that i do not know has experiences that i don't know and has um and has knowledge that i do not have so please always feel free to share that with me and uh, but also the caveat that i will attach to that is that you have to also substantiate what you're saying and whether it's just empirical say well from my experience this is what happens so my experience, like punch this guy in the nose, he's going to punch me back in the nose. That's empirical. And there's a lot of validity in empirical things. And a lot of a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is empirical, em- empirical, and with an e, em- and other things are theoretical. But the best people at their trade, whatever that trade may be, or at their craft, I should say, are the ones who blend the empirical and the theoretical. 
because if you're all empirical, then you have no theory to back up what you're seeing or what is happening or what you believe is happening. And if you're and if you're and if you're all theory and no empirical, then if it didn't teach you that in the textbook, you have no idea what what's going on. And you know, America. Here I get on my high horse. America was built with the balance of empirical and technical or theoretical meaning slash education so let's make it in more i'll make it in simpler more practical terms not simpler more realistic terms america was built on the balance of hands-on experience and school learning education and when you take the hands-on experience and you take education and formal proper education in whatever it may be maybe you may be a welder you went to a, a good welding school when you take hands-on and education then you are unstoppable and that is basically what america was built on years ago and today sadly it is not built on that much to my chagrin but i will not go down that path all right so uh but one of the things that i do want to uh, state early on is that i know that life is busy and as like a friend of mine says well your possessions own you and he's 100 percent correct and his and his life is busy and his responsibilities come into your life everybody's life i mean i look back and uh, just uh, with awe of my life from years ago not that my life was so wonderful but minimal responsibility and uh, and i'm not saying do only do what you want to do i'm not saying that whatsoever because that's not healthy either all right the the thing is that but um but i i wasn't the captain of the ship let's put it that way so i was a deckhand or i was a sailor and you know there's a lot of benefit in life not being the captain of the ship and i know a lot of people that are listening to this show are the captain of their metaphoric ship so whether it's on their job and their career on their farm and their family and when you you know, and when you're the captain of the ship then all you know everything stops right there because in theory the captain is supposed to go down with the ship right so the captain is responsible for the ship and those underneath him so we can't take the you know we can't take the title captain lightly because with that with that title comes a lot of responsibility uh that the the underlings do not have and as i always say to my wife and my sister with our farm and with things i would say out of the three of us i am your best bet but that does not imply that i am the best far be it from that i am your best bet so if there's a problem with the crops or problems with the problem with the tractor or 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 with something my sister and my wife are basically useless for that so if we were trapped on a desert island then we had this problem i am the best bet for that all right so and there's other things in life that they are the best bet for but when you are the best bet the captain of the ship then you have a lot of stress on you you have a lot of responsibility on you and if things go poorly 
all right? I'm not saying if things go well that you go, oh, look at me, I'm wonderful. No, 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 no. no my mother used to say self-praise stinks, all right? But if things if things don't go off the track, and I mean, go off the track, and lots of times in life things go off the track, especially with farming and with, with mechanical things that have nothing, nothing to do with you. You did the best you can, and the, the bolt snapped, right? I mean, you used all proper protocol, and the bolt snapped, and now you have to deal with a snapped bolt. All right, so the thing is that, and as I what what I'm what I'm leading up to here is that the what I'm going to propose today, I realize that the pragmatic of it is that lots of times you could only, if you're the captain of the ship, you could only only pursue this to a certain extent, but. Before I get into, and I'm going to tell you some stories, and they're real-life stories, they're not fabricated stories, but um, one of the most important things that I feel when diagnosing anything, mechanical things, a problem on the farm, uh, if you're in the medical field, I know I have some listeners in the medical field, veterinary field, and in human medicine, or no matter what, no matter what it is, is that, and I've said this before on the show, is that that you almost have to let let that problem haunt you and it may take years to get an answer to that problem and you may never really get a full answer you may you may have to piece things together and it's that balancing act of trying to go on with your life or trying to sit there and and uh, think about this problem and when i say think about this problem i don't mean that it consumes you but you never let it go back out of your mind you as a christian we forgive we forgive and and no matter what somebody does to you 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 forgive and and the scriptures tell us to forgive and but so the fact of the matter is in my interpretation and you may disagree with me forgiving means that you don't hold it against the person forgiving means that you don't wish them poor or wish them bad or wish them ill health or wish them anything all right but that does not in as i interpret the scriptures does not mean that if somebody did something to me then now i go out to lunch with them because i forgave them yes i forgave them i wished them no bad but as this as the scriptures say kick the dust off from the house off your heat off your feet and move on so forgiving somebody doesn't mean you got to invite them over for thanksgiving dinner all right so you I, for, I forgive you for this i wish you no no ill will i wish you the best in life but i'm not inviting you over for thanksgiving dinner and so the point that i'm getting at is that you have to there's things in your in, in that has happened in your life mechanically that you you have to let go but you also have to continue to look for the answer and we've had we've had i did a show a while back which has seemed to be very well received from my feedback is that about things that were total mysteries i never solved never solved never came or anything no matter how much i thought about that but most mysteries do have an answer but you have to look for that answer so now that i'm leading you around in a circle and you have no idea what i'm talking about i shall move on and try to make sense of this so i apologize for that so most of you have heard this story and i will i will i will i will not tell tell it to you again but many years ago when i was a young man my buddy glenn nadell and i uh, were going to go across country in his 71 buick and the buick was old at that time it wasn't that terribly old but it was old and uh 
we got to our first fuel stop and it was in the summer it was actually if i remember july 17th uh, was the day we left and there's 11,300 mile trip wonderful trip i've spoken to you about it before but i will not elaborate on it. got to our first fuel stop it was very hot outside summertime we were in pennsylvania off of i-80 and the rear main seal i was walking back to the car and i saw it dripping underneath and the rear main seal on was a 352 barrel 71 skylark hardtop which was a nice car i think they called it aztec gold back then my a lot of you guys are much better with i just say oh no that gold the gm had that's what i call it a blue the gm had and then somebody gives you a paint i was never a paint code guy there's like three paint codes that i know uh, b5 blue and mope in, in chrysler uh, oxford white on ford and maybe it's more than i can't remember now so i would i'll recognize the color i'll call you know that blue a beautiful blue ford had a beautiful silver but uh anyway I was walking back to the car. It was at a gas, small gas station out in the middle, middle of nowhere, which is my kind of country, out in the middle of nowhere, right? And uh, they happened to have like a little, like a, a mom and pop dairy queen there or something. It wasn't a dairy queen. They were, and uh, we were getting gas for the car. And it was wonderful back then. The roads were, I don't want to, whatever. You didn't have to prepay. <laughs> it, was, it was nice. So anyway, I'm, and I, I went to go. It was hot. So I went to go. I said, to get us something to drink, Glenn and I. And I'm walking back. I see I see a puddle in the car. Make a long story short, the rear main seal started to leak. Now, all right. Uh, I won't burden you with the rest of this. There is no rest of that story. The story is my journey, my trip, the wonderful trip I had. But... It always bothered me how this car was nine years old at the time, and it was grandmother bought it new, and it had, um, it didn't have, I don't remember how many miles it had, maybe 60 or 70,000 miles, I mean, it wasn't a lot of miles, it was, it was around town miles, I don't think she ever went any place with it, all right, and she stopped driving, and she gave it to my buddy Glenn, and I loved that car. I mean, I, I, to tell you the truth, that 71, I, the 72 and 71, was, the 70, 71, and 72 were the same body style on the Buick Skylark, but I liked the 71 the best. The 72 had the rubber around the taillights and a slightly different pattern in the grill. The 71 had a slightly, a little, in, minor, minor things changes, like with the tail. The taillights are the same, but I think they were a little bit smaller or something. So that 71, I loved that. And it was a gorgeous car. It was that gold with a black vinyl top, black upholstery, and the, the Buick Rally wheels with white wall tires. I, mean, I think those Buick Rally wheels with factory Rally wheels with white wall tires look so sweet. But anyway, so this car was driven for, for many years by his grandmother around town, you know, the little old lady car. Uh, metaphorically right i always said metaphorically and uh so now we take it on this trip we're heading to california with it we got it out on the road it's hot out and uh we're driving it and i would say that probably i don't guessing trying to we were maybe 300 miles into the trip maybe not even eh, probably about 300 miles into the trip all right so and we our first stop and the rear main seal is leaking now as i started to say before this always bothered me it bothered me for many many years is that now is is it possible that a rear main seal leak 
um, could just occur. Well, sure, just like a pipe could leak in a house, right, or in a barn, or whatever, or, or something happens. All right, is it is it is it possible? Of course, it's possible. Is it probable that when we left for California on that day, that that everything was lined up for that seal to start the leak where is that rear main seal and that was a rope seal back then so it wasn't something you could uh, well it was a, it was a it was a it would it was a fiasco to change but the thing is that it the car never leaked before so is it probable that 300 miles into an 11,000 mile trip in the car didn't know it was 11,000 mile trip going to be that the seal starts to leak well it's not probable. Possible, but not probable. And the thing is that when you look to diagnose something, you can't. You have to take and balance those, right? Balance and say the possibility. Anything is possible, right? Uh, as the scripture says, anything is possible with God. Not that God is making the rear main seal leak, but the probability of it. Well, and then you have to decide, and and then you have to look at that. And it always bother you. Know, it's a young kid, right? And uh, 19 years old. And uh, it, it it bothered me, right? So I can this thing start to leak already, right? It wasn't leaking. It wasn't leaking when we left. So now, fast forward many many years, and I've come to a a, a fairly good conclusion of why that rear main seal started to leak, and I'm using this as a diagnostic example. I mean, it's. All right, uh, a real-life diagnostic story, and I said I will share others with you on this podcast. But anyway, and what I feel happened, and after many, many years of thinking about this and knowing a lot more about engines, about motors, about everything than I did when I was 18, 19 years old, I'm not going to deny that, all right? The thing is that, uh, that I feel that the Buick had the wrong i shouldn't say wrong it had the wrong calibration pcv valve in it because back then we used to buy auto parts store stuff even though gm had the used to run the ad you'll keep your g you'll keep that great gm feeling we used to put auto parts store stuff in our cars all right in our trucks and everything we had go to the auto parts store you never went to the dealer right because the dealer was too expensive he's ripping you off so anyway <clears throat> so and i know for a fact <clears throat> that that buick had a standard motor company uh pcv valve in it because we 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 went through that car stem to stern before we left on the trip i rebuilt the carburetor we tuned it up we did brakes on it packed the wheel bearings and we went through the car stem to stern and okay so now i'm making this i'm, I'm drawing it out as a as as a as a, a lesson as a, as a sermon right a classroom lesson is that but i didn't I, back back then at 19 years old the seal started to leak that's all all right we continued our trip and that was it it wasn't pouring out of there but it was definitely dripping all right and um but now when you look at it is it possible that the seal just happened to give up the ghost yes that is possible and but what i honestly think happened because if you have to look back at the use of the vehicle the age of the vehicle is that that buick probably hasn't 
probably in its life, never drove 300 miles nonstop. All right, my my uh, Glenn's uh, grandmother's name was Kapta, Mrs. Kapta. Mrs. Kapta never drove that car 300 miles nonstop in its life since it came from Flint, Michigan. Never, never. All right. So, I mean, maybe it was driven 100 miles nonstop, but never driven 300 miles nonstop. All right. So let's get back to that PCV valve. What does a PCV valve do? A PCV valve, all right, it allows the crankcase pressure to be relieved and also any fumes that get past the piston rings, any moisture. Well, it's a hot summer day. The oil just changes the moisture in the crankcase, but any blow-by past the piston rings, all right, and you have to keep in mind also that in any engine, the pumping of the pistons creates pressure in the, in the crankcase. All right, somebody's who's meowing here. Somebody's meowing. Who's meowing? I don't even see them. Okay, I'm going to see. Hopefully, God willing, I could stop this for a second. I'm going to put the dragster on and, and go get ginger. So please bear with me for a second. talk about a lack of professionalism i'm really sorry about that but um, she was sleeping someplace here and i think that she may have to go to the ladies room so so anyway to try to get back on track is that you must realize that in any engine that the the movement of the pistons going up and down in the bore v8 six cylinder four cylinder one cylinder and the whipping of the crankshaft and the connecting rods, but specifically the movement of the pistons going up and down in the bore, is going to put some pressure in the crankcase. And then years ago, they used to use a road draft tube, right? And that was just like a, a pipe, and it would just let the pressure out. Uh, but the PCV valve is going to take that positive crankcase ventilation and put it back into the intake manifold. So, after many years... I feel very well convinced that our very good efforts, our sincere efforts to do everything right on that car was negated by the improper flow rate and improper response time of a aftermarket PCV valve. Even though this was back years ago, all right, an aftermarket one size fits all, not the envelope, meaning the outside, but the flow right and what happened and i'm well convinced of that i mean out the cars in long in a junkyard so i'm never going to know but subsequently uh what i believe happened is that we were you was riding 300 miles at highway speeds we stopped to get gas that the pcv valve did not was not doing its job to depressurize i'll say to let the, pre the crankcase pressure out and the oil started to push past the the pressure had the oil push past the rear main seal and the rear main seal started to leak 
All right, subsequently we drove, that was about 300 miles. That trip was 11,300 miles. We drove 11,000 miles that way. We didn't know the difference. We were kids. I mean, even though we were not kids, we wouldn't have known the difference, but we probably, I have, I'm very well convinced that if we would have bought an AC Delco PCV valve, that that rear main seal never would have leaked. So, all right, what take-home lesson do you have here? Number one, is that if you're dealing with oil leaks on an engine any type of engine do not discount the breather system whether it's a diesel whether it's a gasoline engine and and do not discount that whatsoever and that's the first take home because if you're pressurizing the crankcase then that crankcase is going to be pressurizing the timing cover whatever and if it builds enough pressure it's going to start to push these push the oil out all right specifically now remember it was a hot day we it was very hot we were running i'm not running the speed limit, but we'll say running hard many many hours the oil got the oil is is is, is hot hotter than i mean not that it's in danger zone right you put this all together and you're building crankcase pressure and the seal starts to leak now would it be if and we did change that pcv valve i know that for a fact because we 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 changed everything on new new points new condenser we used to use the delco uniset um i actually i probably wasn't even a delco it probably was a standard uniset but anyway but uh but whatever auto parts store stuff and you may say well what was wrong with that pcv valve well if you go back in my archives on my farm machinery digest radio uh, about a year or two ago if you go back in there i did a show with me wagner about the adjustable flow rate and response time pcv valve to make a long story short mr hipped up at ac delco school in terrytown new york taught me that many years ago i was a young young man and uh he said that that you know every every engine has a certain flow rate and response time of a pcv valve so the idea that you take it and like mr hip used to say and he's rattle the pcv valve. Oh, this is good he says all that proves is that your your wrist moves and your ears work all right so you could have a brand new pcv valve that two seconds old all right and be excuse me because it's generic and has it's the wrong flow rate for that application and then over time now if like miss if you use this car for short trips let's say she went two miles to the supermarket five miles to town whatever it probably would never have built enough pressure to leak all right so the dynamics of the situation so the case in point that i wanted to make to you is that you need to look at the dynamics of the situation and we're we're all gonna miss stuff i'm not gonna say that all right but the thing is that if you look at it the long running time the heat the pcv valve never leaked before you put that all together and there's a very very good possibility that is what caused the leak and because we drove that engine eleven thousand miles like that that rear main seal never leaked any more than that but that rear main seal was not going to stop leaking if we put the right pcv valve in it we drove it too long and that seal became too violated so with that buick went to the its grave with a with a, a drippy rear main seal now i'm going to jump around to something else which you say is out of 
me not jumping out of uh, jumping around is not out of character for this show but i'm going to go into the medical community a little bit which i know nothing about and this is a hundred percent empirical all right but it's something that we can make a segue into machinery and if not we can make a segue into just our our human beings and animals my uh i'll try to be concise with my my mom many years ago had uh, a lot of issues and the the end result was that her uh, her symptoms were a complete lack of energy. She used to say, "I feel like a zombie." Very lack of energy, poor color uh, on her face, uh, and just very very weak and a lack of energy. And uh, went to a series of doctors with her. I was a young kid. I was maybe eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. It was right after this trip uh, that I went to uh, California. So and uh very shortly thereafter and the thing is that the doctor so and so we end up in a cardio we 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 end up in a car in a cardiologist's office and the cardiologist does whatever testing they did back then god knows what it was all right and uh but you know back years ago when you went to a cardiologist you went something that was you know they used to call it open heart surgery well we gotta have open heart surgery today they don't even consider that they're going to a dentist and getting your teeth felt but anyway though any respectfully any surgery is very serious regardless and those people in the medical community veterinarian and human will will certainly agree with that and that i don't believe they would challenge me on that but anyway so to make a long story short they said that you have a bad heart valve mrs bohax and you and uh that is why you're so weak you have bad complexion you have you're so tired you have no energy you can hardly move and whatever so we so they scheduled her to do a uh a valve i'll call it a valve job i'm not laughing at her uh valve replacement and they were going to use a pig valve which i don't whatever i won't even talk about that but anyway they were going to use a pig valve and back then by god's grace the hospitals and this was supposed to be a very good hospital you know the knock it was supposed to be a very good doctor so i'm not knocking that whatsoever and what they would do is they would admit you uh the day before to do i think they called now uh, pat pre-admission testing they called it something else back then the world wasn't full of acronyms and so there my mother brought her into the hospital i mean i I could lose my mother i mean this is open heart surgery i mean this is no 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 joke all right and uh they're doing she's in the bed they're doing uh they're doing all the pre-admission testing they do uh and she was scheduled she was uh i think she came in the night before let's say arguably monday night tuesday they were going to do the uh, I don't know, maybe it was 36 hours in between. The math isn't working out in my head, but she was not there, all right? But she was scheduled, whatever it was after pre-admission testing, she was scheduled the next morning to have open-heart surgery and to have the valve replaced. So they're doing this stuff, and then the nurse comes, I'm going to say, whatever, she comes running in. She didn't come running in, right? And they did her, they checked her blood work and uh, as part of the testing, and you have to beg to wonder why this was not done prior to it but whatever we all make mistakes and that we, but and they check her blood work and they find out that she has pernicious anemia that she has a, a vitamin uh, i think it's b12 deficiency and she needed 
Well, let me put it this way. I'm not laughing. Thank God the good Lord is with us. They gave her a B12 shot right there. We were all right there by her bed. Within an hour, hour and a half, she was a different person. She was a di- She never needed a heart valve. Thank God. Thank the good Lord that he was with us because she probably would have died from that heart valve or she never would have gotten better. She still would have had the, the, the pernicious anemia. And then for the rest of, she went to her grave with that heart valve that supposedly was bad 30 years prior to that or 20 years prior to that. All right. And all she had was pernicious anemia. And she had to, and once a month she would take a, a B12 shot and she was fine. So the thing gets back to is that in today's world, and and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna say it was never this way because obviously this was in the medical community years ago, but you have to ask the question, and I asked the question as a young kid, saying, Well, why didn't why was this not detected? prior to i mean they were scheduled for surgery i mean it was it wasn't like oh we're gonna try no no no. she was scheduled for surgery why was this not detected with a simple blood test with all of the doctors that she had gone to all of the things that are that she i mean we went to a lot of doctors before we ended up in this cardiologist's office and then if the so basically in my estimation or my analysis i should say all of the fail safes failed because she went to a number of doctors that had time, went to this cardiologist who was there. I mean, he wasn't there the one time and said, okay, Mrs. Boax, you need a pig valve. No, no, no. We were there two or three times. And, and, and it was not a financial issue. It was nothing, but nobody bothered to check her blood. So thank God it worked out that way. But keep in mind when you are diagnosing a piece of equipment for a problem, all right, and and maybe it's a little bit of a unique thing on a farm because you have history with that equipment you have history with that tractor you have history with that combine right but a lot of people are buying well you can't say used anymore pre-owned right so you buy this pre-owned combine right and now you go into harvest and it's a nice unit whatever brand it is and nice shape and whatever and it does something funky right if you have history where you say well i never did that before all right and now so you go with something funky and the thing is that when you say to yourself well it can't be this it can't be this. it's 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 it's, it's got to be whatever it's got to be xyz because i can't believe that all of that that this combine that the previous owner it did it maybe it didn't act up for a previous owner or maybe it didn't that's why he sold it so at that particular point the the one of the biggest mistakes that people make in diagnosing is the convincing themselves and closing their mind and closing the door say well i can't be that but i can't be or you know but it so you can to a certain extent do that if you have history with something he said well i've had this combine for 40 years well well maybe that's a little bit of a push i've had this come by for 10 years and never did that before but that forces you to take a different protocol because you can say well i can't believe that the 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 injection pump was in wrong for the past five years because it ran fine 
all right so i can't believe that but if you just if it's new to you and it's doing something well you say well i can't believe that the injection well believe it all right because it may very well possibly be all right and so going back and making a parallel to my mother is that with with the pernicious anemia is that if they would have done a simple blood test and 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 this the aside of this and this is personal right is that there was a lot of family stress i mean mean, because we've i mean it was a good possibility she was going to die on a table all right so the thing basically and back then you know anesthesia wasn't like there's lots of times the people just succumb to anesthesia but anyway so there was a lot of stress that could have been circumvented by doing a blood test and saying mrs bobax you have pernicious anemia we're going to give you some b12 shots and then you're going to come back and we're going to revisit you and see how you feel all right so keep that in mind with your diagnosing that if the piece of equipment is fairly new to you or you happen to be in a trade i know there's listeners here that also farm and they do farm farm machinery repair on the side um the tire repair on the side uh, auto repair on the side whatever uh, repair anything on the side what it may be the thing is that and also farm all right that that you have to recognize that that don't assume that it's always always been good all right don't assume that and when you have if you're diagnosing and i've said this before on the show so let's say you're a technician because you, you're a mechanic right because bruce you know, defined it very well a mechanic fixes things a technician plugs in the computer and i know I'll probably insulted some people you'll blame bruce bruce my listener bruce for that bruce j right we call him bruce j but anyway so uh the thing is that you know if you have let's say you work at a, a tractor dealer and you have a brand new tractor comes off the line and brand new tractor and you the, the farmer buys it and he takes he puts it into service and and whatever shortly thereafter into service the first year or whatever or what have you it starts blowing fuses all right or it comes right off the truck and it starts blowing if he comes off the truck where the lights don't work and you put a fuse in boop you know the lights the lights the lights don't work boop, and the fuse pops again well that's a different diagnostic protocol because it's very very well it's very possible and most likely probable that a wire got pinched during assembly maybe under the head of a bolt i had that when i was a young guy working in a buick dealer going to school when they put the power window motor and they caught the wire under the rivet and it took a while for that wire shaking to go through and then to ground out on that rivet but the thing is that so you have to look and you have to look at that situation but the whole problem and uh, is that some and i started to go off on a tangent which I always do. But the thing basically is you have to recognize that in today's world, and it, and it obviously it was like that years ago based upon my mother to a lesser extent, is that uh, does the person that you're going to, does the doctor that you're going to, does the veterinarian that you're going to, does the accountant that you're going to, the mechanic that you're going to, the agronomist you want to go, that you're going to, the person that's you know, uh, uh, working with your dairy herd, do they just want to get this problem away from them? Were they sincerely, sincerely looking to solve it? And there's a difference. 
there's a major difference. Because if you want to get this problem away, now I'll pick on that doctor with my mother, right? Well, Mrs. Bohax, you need a you need a you need a heart valve. So now let's say, God willing, they would have done the heart valve and by some miracle during the procedure they would have found out that she had pernicious anemia. When she's on the table, they shoot her up with B twelve. She comes out, right? She has the heart valve. Oh, you're wonderful, doctor. It's oh, all wonderful, wonderful. All right, she's fine, all right? But the thing is that the B twelve fixed her, not the heart valve. All right. So and so many times in life when you're working with someone and you and you could be guilty of this yourself, all right? So let's say let's go back to my my buddy Glenn's Buick. If if I'm correct and, and, and the jury is out whether I am correct or not, because like I said the car's long in a junkyard, but applying my what I've learned, I'm not gonna say my knowledge, what I've learned from so many years, is that let's say we would have put a rear main seal, not there on the side of the road, but we came back from California, put a rear main seal in and we left that PCV valve in and if I'm correct many years later and it's building crankcase pressure and we took it on Glenn took it on a long trip three four hundred mile ride all right it's very very possible that maybe not on that ride but shortly thereafter that that rear main seal would have leaked again and a rear a leaky rear main seal is so common on many many engines and is usually blamed for the seal being worn which it very well could be but you have to look at it was my mother not feeling well and i and i told you all of that for a reason all right her complexion was very pale very white all right she had no energy very tired could hardly when I say hardly move it wasn't that she was paralyzed she was very very weak uh just not interested in anything well the thing is that if you look at things mechanically on your farm all right you have to try to pay attention to this and say well you know are those symptoms real they could very well be she may have needed a heart valve in this particular instance she did and there was a big faux pas on that cardiologist part by him not running the blood work or doing something and coming in and saying well mrs bohax let me do some blood work on you before we schedule but you may need a heart valve all right i'm not saying the guy's like the good lord that he's going to be able to see everything and know everything but if you have the education to do something but today so many people and we do that to ourselves also we just want to put the rear main seal and get that tractor back out into the field and we just want to fix this you know we just want to uh <clears throat> put this ignition module in and get this grain truck going again and yes at that i'm not saying that you got grain harvest coming or you're in the middle of grain harvest and you say well i lived at that hot rod farm he said i should sit back here and i should analyze this well no the thing is that you know it has to be you know specific to that uh, to the to the to the situation right if you have to get this thing going to get back into harvest well yeah you're not gonna you're going to do what you have to do the the, uh, the 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 module is bad in the distributor we're going to put a module in it and we're going to send it back out and let it chase the combine i understand that we all do that and that's the smart and prudent thing to do all right it would be like an ambulance driver say well i'm waxing the ambulance and you know taking care of the ambulance waxing and a call comes over well i can't go there to call, call i guess i gotta take the wax off the hood no of course not but the thing that is that but, um, but most situations in life are not that way 
all right we may want to try, try to convince ourselves they're that way but they're not that way we want to make the problem go away well making the problem going go away with machinery or with with animals or with people do not does not make the problem going away you kick the can down the road because if the problem is there the problem is there it may have a band-aid on it right uh, because it's oh i got a new seal it's not leaking all right wonderful may have a band-aid on it but you really need to look beyond that and not just make the problem go away and so many times today in the medical community in the mechanical community all right they, they want to make the problem go away or oh, take this pill all right and you'll be fine so, so the guy's got a pain uh, take this painkiller right and he takes his painkiller and the, yeah, the pain went away right <laughs> but now the guy's addicted to opioids but what have you but um, i'm not making light of that all right but the fact of the matter is that when you diagnose something then and don't if the problem needs to go away today i understand that and i respect that and say okay fine i'm and i'm gonna I'm talk about a captive a captive piece of equipment in the industry we mean captive is that it's not a customer coming it's in your fleet it's on your farm it's in one of your trucks or something like that yeah we gotta we gotta make the problem go away today but then we need to come back and revisit it and then we need to be able to think about Hey, you know, what could have caused that you know what's the likelihood and uh, yes things happen you could go to the bathroom and turn the light on and the light works the next person goes and the light burns out all right so you, you you can't go crazy with it but you have to balance that probability and that probability and and the possibility equation which is very very hard very hard to balance but if you don't do that you will there's a very very strong possibility that you just made the problem go away and and that's very typical with tech with technicians with farm equipment cars trucks whatever it may be all right air conditioners i don't mean air conditioners i mean anything right i i went through that for for four months last year with my telephone right Oh no! Oh, we did this. This time. literally, the guy would wouldn't get out of sight, and the phone would have static again on it because nobody wanted to fix it. Oh, let me do this. They wanted to make the problem go away. And what I'm trying to say to you is that whether it's with an animal in your herd, whether it's in 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 uh, health of your health or the health of of uh, a family member, someone you love, whether it's an animal that you love, whether it's a piece of machinery, whether it's a farm you need to put up your antennae and see whether the person that you would the professional that you're dealing with and that professional may be you at that particular in that particular instance right because you're the captain of the ship you may be doing this because you're the farm's best bet you're the family's best bet for, to, to handle that all right do you want to make it go away or do you want to analyze it and we struggled for years on our farm when my dad was alive all right and and that's why i told you the story about the buick because there was a lot of things i was not talking to hear myself talk the car had a history of not being driven more than a couple of miles the car at, at one particular instance it was brand new 
I mean, when she, when that wasn't brand new, it was bought brand new, single owner, all right? The thing is that we did put an aftermarket PCV valve in it innocently. It was very hot out, and we now rode 300 miles. You put that all together, and like the movie The Perfect Storm about the fishing boats, there's a perfect storm of events that innocently rolled out, innocently rolled out, that has the potential to have to present itself in a very unique way and that used to happen with our farm we had our our soil was uh out of uh, uh what is it, a base set uh, in base saturation the magnesium calcium ratio was off the soil would get very hard we would plow it plow it plow it all right we our our we had a crappy planter for pardon my french all right and we ended up taking well the planter wasn't as crappy as we were farmers we were crappier farmers than the old that old john Deere planter was but anyway the thing basically is is that the the analysis of it was that our magnesium calcium ratio was off all right so if we plowed and disked the soil tilled the soil and it rained on it and the sun had got like concrete then we would plow it again and disc it again all right and then every time we did that not only were we killing our organic matter but we were taking all the soil moisture out so if you did that and now we had this we had nice soft soil up on top where we were planting we were causing compaction to beat the band underneath but well, right we were on top it's nice right and then we would plant and we and we inconsistently had terrible emergence on the verge of a crop failure all right terrible emergence and other years we had beautiful emergence six seven days beautiful the corners up so if we were doing the same procedure all the time plowing disking blah 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 same planter same everything right and one time we had wonderful emergence well let's say good emergence acceptable proper emergence and and the other five or six times we had no emergence a lousy emergence and call it a crop failure all right all right the thing basically is what was different well what was different we needed to look just like that doctor needed to look at my mother's blood before literally scheduled her for the operating room the thing is that you need to say well what's different well what was different why we had why we had some very respectable emergence some years because we plowed this dried the soil out planted it planted beautifully then and then uh, within a, a day or two or maybe that night or the next day or two we got an, a nice rain so basically that nice rain put the moisture in to allow the seed to germinate those years that we did that we dried the soil out and we got no rain that seed was sitting in the ground so the same thing happens when you look at machinery when you look at when you look at everything and like i started to say before and i'll i'll end with this is that my analysis and i had other stories i was going to tell you but i'm not going to burden you with them and uh the thing is that my analysis is that today if and i'll start with with a broad-based thing where you're hiring someone to do something 
So you're hiring an agronomist. You're you're hiring a mechanic. All right. You're saying you're bringing you're bringing the tractor to town to the dealership to be fixed. All right. You're bringing your truck to town. Whatever it may be, your wife's car. You're hiring a well guy. You're hiring to, to put, put a well pump in. Right. You really need to micro. I don't want to say micromanage it, but you can't. You cannot be. I'm sorry. You cannot be hands off. You cannot be hands off, all right. And I don't mean that you're going in grabbing the wrench from the guy, but but you have to have some level of involvement when you do things like this. Because if you don't have some level of involvement, you're putting a thousand percent of your trust. And as President Reagan used to say, "Trust but verify." I'm not the type of person where I I, I run around and don't trust anybody. Not at all. All right not 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 at all all right the thing basis and people make mistakes i misdiagnose things i miss the ball and stuff i'm not going to say that i'm perfect all right but the fact of the matter is is that you learn from it and you learn from it and say and then you take what you learn maybe with a tractor repair and it's not apples to apples and oranges to oranges and apply that protocol into when you're going to the doctor or when you have your agronomist so so if your agronomist is saying this and you and and as far as well did i have an agronomist no with my crop all right but when the base well but i i did in the quasi have an agronomist because i was pulling soil samples and i was sending them to Gromark fs and giving it to them and having them do my fertility program so if they would have looked at my soil samples and said your base saturation magnesium calcium ratio butch because they everybody knows me as butchy here because butch because my dad's name was ray and that's why your soil is getting hard but if you don't ask me what's happening on my farm if you don't do this if you don't do anything then like i said that's i'm repeating and that's why i told you the story with the buick you said well mrs cop the drover for 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 eight years or ten years nine years she didn't have any oil leak she never went more than five miles with the darn thing all right so the thing basically is is that you have to really piece this together and you and in my estimation you're not you're not grabbing the baton you're not disrespecting the professional all right but you need to protect your investment you need to protect your equipment you need to protect your 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 machinery you need to protect your animals you need to protect your farm your soil your life your family you need to protect them all right and the fact of the matter is is that the way that you're going to protect them is to have some cursory exposure to things ask questions don't be afraid to ask questions when i had my repair shop and even like i invited you to write in the show right say hey if you challenge me challenge me that's great all right give me the opportunity either to prove that i that that what I, my statement was factual or give me enough rope to hang myself all right and if and and if i get and, if, and when and when i get enough rope to hang myself i learned by that because that's what it's all about but if you have someone a professional in any way shape or form that that and i'm not saying that you say to the person i want to guarantee that this is it you know no that's not what you're saying but they have to explain to you and i said this before on the show that or that they have to explain to you their diagnostic routine and how they came up with that conclusion all right so now i'm sharing with you the idea 
of the way my mother's health presented with a B12 deficiency. All right? I'm not a doctor, but I know darn well, all right, that B12 deficiency in someone's blood could definitely cause what my mother had. (laughs) So that's basically it, which was misdiagnosed as a bad heart valve. So now can a heart valve cause those same symptoms? Well, obviously so, all right, but the most probable thing, all right, is that let's do a blood test and look at that. So, and, and you know, I'm going back and forth that because I'm hoping it's going to drive home a point is that, and as I get ready to close, because I'm just babbling on here, lots of times in life, and you need to recognize this, according to the world, according to Ray, that people want to just kick professionals just want to kick the can down the road they want to get you doctor wants to get you out of his office a veterinarian wants to get your your dog or cat or your cow out of there all right and and they want to move on to the next thing mechanic wants to get it how many how many times uh, engines were put in pieces of equipment put in cars put in I, i i could do a whole show on stuff like that all right and it was a bad ground wire a loose ground wire all right and the thing is that so you really need to be proactive is probably the proper term which would with with who you are working with and if that and if that person is insulted or offended or starts to yell it starts to curse all right it starts to curse right uh, that's another story unto itself then that is not the person for you for whatever it may be, your agronomist, your dairy herdsman, I mean, your doctor, whatever. That's not the person for you, because the if and 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 it, the thing is that they need to come to you and say, well, I, I drew this conclusion based upon this, and I've exhausted all possibilities based upon what we have done here. All right, and I've exhausted, or there's only one more possibility, a possibility that I that we haven't we haven't checked yet we haven't exhausted and but this is the negative and the positive of doing that whatever it may be piece of equipment what have you maybe your body maybe an animal maybe whatever so the thing is that but but please please as equipment gets so much more complicated today and oh unnecessarily complicated all right the thing is that it is so easy because we say in engineering kiss keep it simple stupid it is so easy for something to be misdiagnosed and that misdiagnose that misdiagnosis may by a comedy of events and errors actually temporarily like us putting a rear main seal in all right and having the pcv valve that's unventing the crankcase temporarily sealed that problem solve that problem saying seal and sadly sadly most people that are in business and i'm not i'm not saying everybody's bad i'm, I'm not saying that you that you devote that the person he has that he owns the job for the rest of his life no i'm not saying that whatsoever but most people are just interested in getting it out of sight all right getting it down the road out of sight and that's basically it and then if the problem is solved or not solved then i probably ruffled some feathers i probably more than ruffled feathers but that is fine like i say i mean i'm not saying that you know you that that you you tuned up the guy's carburetor and you own that car for the rest of your life i'm not implying that whatsoever 
All right, all right. Well, you 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 well, you did something in the whatever the 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 the, the veterinarian, or you took your dog to the, the cat to the doctor, and the doctor did this, and he owns the cat. Now everything happened. I'm not saying that whatsoever, but if it's a recurring problem, and so in my mother's instance, the recurring problem was her symptoms. If those symptoms are not changing, all right, or they're getting marginally a little bit better, then that diagnosis is still yours and 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 doesn't make you a bad person look i mean does look we tried this it looked like it could have been this it was not that but but sadly sadly is that there is a lot of a, a lot of situations and i'll just say with machinery that that is things get messed up and there's another word for that's not a nice word a curse word which i will not use because of a misdiagnosis and they get involved and they do this and okay, I gotta take the motor out. And then the guy pushes up the wiring harness and he does this and he dents the fender or does this on the tractor and whatever. Then you have this thing and there's this whole this there's this whole aftermath of 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 collateral damage from a misdiagnosis. And that's again I'm saying that's why I said with my mother. So the thing is, let's say this guy put the heart valve in. All right, and the heart valve had a problem. Well, his surgery, well, his suture didn't the leak, 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 whatever. A million things could have happened, right? Or well, when they, she was opened up, she got an infection. So that was, and then she didn't need the heart valve. All right, she didn't need it. So whatever, do with it what you want, but keep in mind that whenever you have something and you're dealing with a professional that is that you are trusting trusting to give you the right advice do not be afraid to ask them questions do not be afraid to do your own research do not be afraid to become involved with it and it's not done in an insulting or derogatory type of way but it is your loved one on the table it's your animal that's on the table all right that you love it's your farm it's your tractor it's your soil it's whatever and honestly and this is i'll be realistic which i'm a straight shooter those people have no problem charging you no problem no compunction to take your money whatsoever and 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 i'm not saying because a guy misdiagnosed he gives you your money back i'm not saying that whatsoever so please don't read into it that but the fact of the matter is is that and and what they basically well, i don't know what's wrong with take it someplace else i don't know what's wrong with go to another doctor and really, in all honesty, Jesus says I'm I was closing, I'm not closing yet, is that if you look back at it, the original doctor she went to before she went to the cardiologist should have seen a B12 deficiency in her blood. So what they probably did was just like an agronomist that doesn't do a full soil test, all right, doesn't look at everything. If you looked at my soil, only looked at NP and K and didn't look at base saturation, you would never fix the farm. So if they didn't do a whole panel on my mother's blood and just did a CBC count or something else or whatever, I'm throwing names around that I'm just that I was exposed to, I have no idea, and didn't do a full panel, they probably wouldn't have found that B12, right, deficiency. So there was a lot of, uh, so most of the time, when you have things like this happen, whether it's with machinery, engines, animals, people, your soil, whatever, all right, the thing the thing is that it's usually the fail safes failed because somebody took the shortcut. And that's really what it boils down to. So hey, you probably ticked off of me, and I don't blame you, but watch take care of what the good lord trusted to you that's what our responsibility is if the good lord to be stewards if the good lord trusted that a farm to you then do your best 
to take care of the farm. He, he blessed you with equipment. Do your best to take care of it. He blessed you with animals. Do your best to take care of it. And the good Lord knows we could only do our best, but that best also has to come with trust and verify. Have a great day, and I'll catch you next time. And know the Hot Rod Farmers pulling for you, even though I ticked a lot of people off. And my beloved, beloved America. Bye-bye. <laughs>